everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Conversations from a Room. I am your host, Christian Lugo. I hope everyone out there is doing well, wherever you may be, or whenever you are. I hope things are going your way. Let's make 2021 our bitch, am I right? I apologize for that. I forget that this is a kids show. Today I am happy to announce that the guest I had the pleasure of chatting with is a dear old friend of mine, Mr. Christopher Farage, who now goes by Eureza. But this weekend, on January 23rd, him and his fiance just got married, so I wanted to congratulate the both of them on this journey that they're about to embark on. He recorded this episode as an engaged man, and now he'll be listening to it as a married man. The Circle of Life brought to you by a podcast that a handful of people probably listen to. So <laughs> there you go. Fun fact, Christopher is recording this episode all the way from Switzerland, where he lives with his wife, which is a nine hour difference from sunny California, where I'm hosting it. So I got to wake up bright and early in order to catch him at a small window of time before he was getting ready for dinner. But hey, sometimes when you're hosting a podcast, you just have to make these sacrifices. Isn't that right, Joe Rogan? He doesn't listen to the show. Okay, I'll stop babbling nonsense. Anyways, before I go, I just wanted to say, if you guys are enjoying the show, please leave a rating review. That would really help me out, and uh, it'll let people know that uh, this show isn't total nonsense, which it actually is, so let's not mention that. But without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 26 with Christopher and yours truly, Mark Marin. So what part of Switzerland do you live in? I live, um, well, I used to live in Geneva, right? Uh, Geneva, Switzerland. Okay, that's like one of the main parts, right? Yeah, I mean, the capital is Bern, and then the biggest city is Zurich. And then, if I'm not mistaken, I think Geneva's second or third. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, Geneva's on the French side. So Switzerland is mm -hmm. split up into the different parts. You have the French side, Swiss German side, the Italian side. Uh, there's actually a fourth language, I forget the name, but... Um, Anyway, yeah, so I, I first moved to Geneva. Now I live near Nyon. It's called Nyon. That's how you say it in French. N-Y-O-N. So it's not it's not really a word. It's more like a sound. It's more like a sound. You know, there's a joke. Um, they, go, they say, what's the fastest town? Uh, what's the fastest city in Switzerland? And then you go, what? And then you go, Nyon. Wow, that's terrible. Anyway, it was a pleasure, guys. Um, make sure to follow me on Instagram. <laughs> hey, yeah, look, just make a donation to the show and get the fuck out. Yeah. I, I want to ask you this, though. What language do they speak in Switzerland? Uh, French, Swiss German, and Italian. Oh, really? Do you speak any of those? I speak a bit of French now, yeah. So wait, they speak French, German, and Italian? Like, they can't make up their mind? Is it hard to read menus over there because they're all in three languages? What happens is that Switzerland used to be... There's a certain section that used to be part of Germany. The central part was part of germany the south part was part of italy mm -hmm. western part was part of france yeah it's right in the it's like a melting pot it's right in the middle exactly and what switzerland's is, like the crossroads it is and what happened was that because there's a lot of mountains a lot of these towns uh and cities were really isolated from the rest of the country like the same the german side like these people on mountains like screaming at each other were like hey uh germany's kind of an asshole it's like yeah we should start our own country and then, Fran and then, like on the French side, like, hey, France is kind of an asshole. We should start our own country. So originally, then they each section broke off from the like original countries and became like their own country. And then there was actually war between the French side and mm. the German side and the Italian side. And then finally, one day, like they were basically like, hey, let's let's not kill each other and let's 
unite so we make our form our own country and that's why switzerland has uh the different languages damn that's cool so it's it basically is like the uh the bridge between all these different places it's also the the place where you put your money uh, and they don't ask questions <laughs> Jesus <laughs> unless, unless you're american because when i opened my bank account the new law that was signed by nixon if you're american you can't have like complete banking secrecy the, the if you're american anywhere in the world the the u.s can just just say hi i want to see all his financial records and the bank has to give it to them. So if you, I file taxes every year. And if at some point they are just like, um, I think he's a bit dodgy. They won't even come to me. They would just go straight to the bank and then they'll come and be like, ha ha, four butt plugs. You said three, <laughs> you declared three. <laughs> <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of conversations from a room where the first topic of the day is butt plugs and banks. It's the BB episode. <laughs> the BB episode. Everyone's been waiting for. <sighs> All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. You woke me up today at 8 a.m., which was... Uh... <laughs> that time difference, though. Dude, yeah. So it's... Okay. For example, right now it's 9 a.m. in Los Angeles. How... What time is it now in Switzerland? Uh, 6 p.m. <laughs> Good God. What is that, nine-hour difference? Nine-hour, bro. <laughs> God, that's crazy. So it's so yeah, funny. Yeah. The other day you were like, hey, I'll, I'll see you or we'll talk on Thursday. That's tomorrow. I'm like, Thursday's two days from now where I am at. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's insane. Why? Do, so I forget, why did you move to Switzerland? What was the, uh, the motivation to go all the way across to the other side of the world? Originally, what I was trying to do was do an internship here. As you know, I'm... My mother's German, so I have the German passport. I thought, hey, you know, I can live and work in Europe. Maybe it would be cool to go there for a year, right? And then after that, the plan, the big move was to go to Los Angeles, right? <clears throat> Which clearly didn't happen, but anyway. So I was looking for jobs, and then that's how I ended up here in Switzerland. Plan was supposed to be just a year, but, you know, things changed. You don't really know what's going to happen. You kind of just, at this point, man, we're just coasting, dude. We're just, <laughs> just coasting, man. You say, uh, you know, I'm just going to visit Switzerland. And the next thing you know, you're in uh, Thailand. And you're like, I open up a nail salon in Thailand. Crazy story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, also, I'm part of the mafia here. So. <laughs> part of the mafia. But we're a non-violent mafia. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're changing the whole image of what a mafia is. What we, a mafia like, is. We want to help you. <laughs> exactly. Let us help you. We give you yeah. money. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Help us help you. We still kill people. But, you know, we, it's a for a good cause. Like, if your legs are broken, we will cast it for you. <laughs> I know, man. I mean, honestly, dude, we just we just go where life takes us at this point. You know, I, I like if for so long, my whole thing was uh, trying to create my own destiny. At this point, I'm just trying not to, you know, end up face down in a puddle <laughs> that's what happens the older you get yeah <laughs> i just want to live bro priorities change i mean things that when we were younger like you wouldn't even think twice about like i remember when we were in middle school do you remember sunset place absolutely yeah it's still there it's still there so yeah for those that don't know sunset place it's like a shopping center right but it was the place like it was newly built mm -hmm. and we would stay there quite late and then sometimes we would I remember I would be like oh I'm gonna sleep over your place and when I slept mm -hmm. over your place it was great because I knew that my parents wouldn't check up on me and we would just do like oh this is a dodgy street let's just walk through here it's a shortcut and you wouldn't even think twice about it you know now 
I double check my seatbelt, right? <laughs> I I read warning labels, and that's that's well, you know, you're making you're making very mature adult decisions. I mean, yeah, we we come from a lifestyle where we were reckless as kids. I mean, like, what's what's something you've done? What's something you've done recently that's risky for an adult that you're like, you know what? Thirteen year old Chris Christopher would have said, "Why not?" Well, the thing that I what I've done that it is risky for an adult is I took up downhill mountain biking oh okay that's fun and when i say you know what that's a lot better it's a lot better than doing uphill mountain biking i'll tell you that (laughs) same thing less effort no but um yeah i i I love um i love mountain biking like a lot now i mean my hobbies were dancing right that was always a hobby but it's not like my job which is cool because um i really enjoy it but the biking thing there's like the sense of freedom like when you're going down and you're just going through the trees and there's like they built the turns so you can really like push hard into them. And what's, what, what happens is these, and again, these are things that I, I was just thinking about, you know, when, when people talk about being rich or, or wealthy or whatever, I always think like, like Bob Marley said, like, what, how do you define what being rich mm-hmm. is or what, what makes you rich or makes you wealthy? And in that moment, I'm just there with a bike going down a mountain, mm-hmm. but I felt super well, uh, wealthy, rich or whatever, because like me doing that, the mountain biking has been like kind of therapeutic. And I just felt that it's made me surprisingly also less superficial. The reason I say that is because if if you would have spoken to me four or five years ago, I was really just like, I need to be a multimillionaire. And I was even thinking I have to be a billionaire. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to like, that was kind of my mindset. That's that's a lot of people, man. I mean, I'm like that too. You know, it's just like you, you want that rags to riches story. Like it's like either either I make it big or there's no other option for me. You know what I mean? I think that it's good to be like, yeah, aspire to have that kind of financial stability. Absolutely, right? um, yeah, for sure. It's a good goal. It's a good goal to it's to be a billionaire. Yeah, right. But I, I think that when you spend time outdoors, and honestly, like just a quick side note, like I I saw Cosmos. And if you haven't seen Cosmos, you have to see it. It's on Disney Plus and it's uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. I've checked it out. It's it's pretty great. Man. I watched the whole thing and it's just insane how like we are nothing like 0.0000001 of like this greatly, like incredibly vast universe and how relatively new humans are. And you just start to think like nothing matters. And one of the quotes that I I now really live by is life is too important to be taken seriously. You know, no, you kind of you kind of have to ground yourself, and you have to you know you sort of have to humble yourself to really feel more complete, to feel more whole. Yeah. It's like this mantra that I used to I used to use um, during meditation, which was form is emptiness, and emptiness is form. It's essentially, is just you are just empty, you are just nothing, but that nothingness can form into something greater. But then it also reverts itself back to the idea of its emptiness. Emptiness is form and form is emptiness. It reminds you that we are just kind of this little speck, you know what I mean? But the speck can explode into greatness, you know? I mean, we all we all have to have that those aspirations as well. But we have to keep ourselves leveled, you know? We have to keep ourselves humble and grounded. And I totally understand. And I, and I think maybe that's the type of things that you find through that exercise, through that hobby. I have like main topics I want to get into because I like to talk about the arts and all that stuff. You grew up as a performer, whether you're an actor or a singer, a musician or a dancer, you love to work in the arts. What was your transition as an artist from acting to singing to dancing? Like, where do you see yourself now as a performer? Oh, great question. 
when I was, okay, well, let's answer your question and I'll, I'll go back in time. So to answer your question, where I see myself now is I am a, officially a professional dance teacher. Before COVID, I was teaching uh, at my dance school in Switzerland and I was teaching across Europe. Mm -hmm. So I've taught in Athens, Greece, uh, Budapest, Hungary, London, UK, wow. Paris. That's incredible, man. I did that. But the main thing for me has always been music. And music and I have had this love-hate relationship because I play various instruments and I very easily come up with a song. And, and, and I don't mean that in an arrogant fashion. Like I just really like four chords or three chords or whatever. And I could already start, like you give me a topic and I could just start making a hook or whatever. The thing is that when I was younger, I caught the attention of a well-known um, person in the music industry who worked with Pink, uh, Backstreet Boys, Ricky Martin, and he's been around for a while. And he was trying to arrange something with Disney Channel and me because this is when Hannah Montana was kind of the thing and they're like, they're like oh this guy can be potentially like the Hannah Montana but guy version because he plays <laughs> all these instruments he dances and, and everything why can't you just be like the Justin Bieber the Justin Bieber yeah yeah no specifically the guy version of Hannah Montana this was before Justin Bieber ah I see I see but the situation wasn't it didn't it didn't materialize like I was creating these songs he loved the first track and then he put me with these other producers and it just wasn't working. And then at the end, like I, he was flying me to New York and all these places. And I was there with my parents and we were working with these different songwriters. And then Disney was gaining interest, but then they kind of like, ah, nothing happened. Then what I did was four years ago, I auditioned for Britain's Got Talent because I said, okay, uh, as a EU citizen, you can, you can audition for it. So I went, I auditioned for it. I made it past all the rounds. I dressed up really dapper turtleneck suit like and it doesn't people when they first see me it doesn't look like i know how to dance as good as i as i know how to dance yeah you, you know you're like you just you just look like a normal white boy you know exactly i look like i look like i'm about to tell you like what you can deduct on your tax return like that's what i look like you know what i mean that's, <laughs> that's yeah <laughs> and, for sure <laughs> You would never. It's like expect. if I told someone that I was like a professional like uh, football player, I'd be like, "Dude, you look like you work at a cafe." <laughs> like, it just doesn't make sense. You look like you're about to tell me why I should go vegan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so here are the benefits. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Are we just, is this podcast going to turn to a roast battle? You're the type of guy who tells me what what type of coffees to drink on certain days of the week. You look like you're about to tell me why Portland is the best place to live. Uh, you you look like the guy who starts off a, sen a conversation with, "I know you don't want to watch, but let me tell you why you need to watch." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Uh, yeah, so yeah, going back to, <laughs> that was a great roast battle, thank you. So um, going back to the Britain's Got Talent, I did it, I made it to the final round, and they said, okay, we'll call you. They did end up calling me, and they said, unfortunately, um, we're not going to move forward with you for Britain's Got Talent. And I was like, oh, okay, well, thank you for at least calling back. And they go, however, we would like you to come audition for the X Factor, the UK X Factor, and we're going to already put you to the producer's round. So I skipped like six rounds, just they want me to go straight to the producers. So I went to the producers, I did my audition, went full blown into breaking it down and it really caught them off guard. The point is that I do it, I come back to Switzerland, they call me a week later saying, congratulations, you're gonna be on the X Factor, auditioning in front of Simon Cowell. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is it. I'm like, I just need this moment because 
I could play instruments. I could do all these things. And it, again, how, how I was dressed and everything, it's going to catch people off guard. I already started thinking this could go viral. And I, I practiced. They, they said your auditions in four months. I practiced every single day. Like, I don't think I ever sang as good as I ever sang up until that audition. Now, it was really vocal exercises, vocal coach, everything. Finally, I, I get on the flight to London. I arrive to London. I'm in London the day of. And then the guy, my contact at the, the studio, isn't responding. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm, I'm calling. I'm sending an email to him, like every, because there was other people on CC, I send it to everyone. I'm like, please, I'm here. You know, I'm here in London. What's going on? At what time is it? Where? Like, what's going on? I wasn't getting a response because they told me it was at five, but they said, oh, we'll we'll, we're going to confirm to you where at five, just be in London. And I said, okay. Like I was in London dressed to the T and nothing. And I was so deflated. I was like, I can't believe this. I literally ended up walking to the studio. I remember this, you know, there's NBC, ABC, like to the headquarters mm -hmm. in London and it was locked. Luckily, someone came down who had an X Factor badge. I stopped them and I like, I was name dropping because I didn't want them to think that I was like some obsessed fan. Like I wanted to be like, yeah. So I spoke to, I forgot his name, Michael or whatever, this and that. He's like, oh, he's upstairs. I'm like, yeah, yeah you just let him know I'm here. Great. So he goes up, he comes down. And he was super cool with me before he went up to go talk to the guy. He comes back down mm -hmm. really weird, uh, kind of keeping his distance towards me. And I was like, uh, this is weird. He's like, yeah, uh, Michael's going to call you. He's just been really busy. And I'm like, yeah, but the, like he told me five and yeah, yeah, he's going to call you. What happens? Five o'clock comes, nothing. And I was so deflated. And I said, you know what? I just want to leave. Like, I remember that I was supposed to stay like one or two more nights. And I ended up getting a purchasing a flight that night because I just wanted to leave London. So I get on the train to head to the airport, still the same day. As I'm getting on the train, that's my impression of uh, someone calling. <laughs> I pick up my phone. Long behold, it's Michael. Oh, how are you? Um, I'm so sorry, you did not, uh, we did not uh, call you, blah, blah, blah. Either way, we got delayed today. We had to cut some people to audition and you were one of the ones cut. I was so deflated. Like this was, this was when I was in Switzerland. Like this is when I didn't have a job, like borderline homeless in Switzerland, which is really bizarre, right? Because no one thinks you go to Switzerland to be homeless, right? But like, I felt like this was it. This was it. And I tried so hard and this was going to be, the opportunity to have the spotlight and that happening kind of just killed me with music and I didn't I stopped doing music for a few years but now I I finished new songs I have the full equipment and I'm just if something happens with me as an artist cool but if not I, I would be really happy to be a songwriter you know so that's kind of where I'm going with well I was gonna ask you that like you know you do have all these different skills but you know at the end of the day as an artist, you do have to face rejection, you know, constantly here and there. And then we just kind of have to, you know, learn to deal with these things. How in your life have you accepted or kind of um, adapted to these rejections? And what has it kind of taught you as an artist or as a person in general? Number one is, and it it's, could be a bit cheesy or whatever, but everything that has happened in my life, good or bad, led me to my, my wife now. 
And the thing is that I always think, man, if I would have had this experience, as with all of us, right? If I, if I would have known these things at 20, I'd be a millionaire. And I think everyone would, but that's not going to happen. And all these things happen. It's like, I can't imagine my life without her. And then I think, okay, because I was so upset because with that experience, I remember that what it did make me realize, things happen in life that are unfortunate, but from unfortunate things could then arise wonderful things. And, and here's the thing, Justin Bieber saying on YouTube, Usher found him, dude's talented, multimillionaire and all this stuff, right? Sure. But he released a song called Lonely about him speaking about how unhappy he was. Even with millions of fans and millions of dollars. And it kind of goes back to that thing that we were discussing earlier where nothing really matters. When I say that, the only thing that I realize matters are the experiences and the people. And by being rejected, I realized that life isn't always going to go your way, but you have to make a choice in life. There is no like drifting in the middle. I forgot who said it, but it was an amazing quote. The best decision is the right decision. The second best decision is the wrong decision. And the worst thing is no decision at all. Just being in the middle. Exactly. I, I discovered recently a term called liminal space. It's basically, it can be a physical or a mental space where you're basically at a threshold. It's a crossroads where you're not quite yet where you need to be in the future and you're still coming out from the past. So you're right in this middle, this this kind of off-putting sort of weird area. And a lot of times people live in the, in the liminal space and they don't know how to move forward and they are still kind of thinking about where they're coming from. A lot of times we get stuck in this li liminal space because we get deflated or we get distracted or we don't know where to go. And a lot of times artists deal with liminal spaces when they're trying to create a project because they're just trying to get it all together. So it's just like the calm before the storm. I, th I think that means a lot, just like living in the middle. Like you don't want to live in the middle. You have to... You have to actively make the choice about continuing and to keep pushing forward. It's like that other quote, you know, you miss 100% of the chances you don't take or something like that. You know what I mean? So you might as well just take the chance. Exactly. So basically, I, I, you know, I talk about music, movies, uh, film and all that stuff. I like to ask the guests, give me one of your favorite films, one of the worst films you've ever seen, and your guilty pleasure movie. Favorite movie ever? Uh, catch me if you can. Oh, really? That is a great film. With Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's a great. It's yeah. a really sentimental uh, movie for mm -hmm. me because my father and I went to see it together, and my father loved it so much, and I loved it so much. And we went to see it again multiple times uh, at the theater, at the movie theater. And I remember that I saw it recently, and just the soundtrack, the soundtrack of it gets me. Like it hits me here. It's just so reminiscent of my father and everything. Mm -hmm. And I told, I told my, my fiance, I go, the day my father passes away, I'm not going to be able to hear or see this movie. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's tough. Just the thought, just the thought of him passing and me hearing the movie and the scenes. And like, when he left, like, I was like, oh my, I can't, I can't. And that's, that's really, uh, I don't mean to digress here, but it's, it's just no. amazing how movies what movies and, and the arts it's the more arts to do. some people it's more than just a visual or distraction it's like it really essentially it speaks to the soul that's what art does it yeah, connects absolutely. you for you that film is more so an experience and it's a memory 
but it's also a great film. You know, it's it's the feeling it gives you. You know, it's like that movie magic. What do you what do you like about the film though in itself? It's based on a true story, and it's just insane what this guy did. Well, yeah, it's a lot, it's one of those movies where people reference or revert yeah. to because it is a crazy story. You know, it's about a guy who basically manipulated the life around him to go the way he wanted it to go. And he tricked everyone. He lied to everyone, but you root for him. He's like an anti-hero. You know what I mean? Like you root, you want him to do well, you know, you want him it's, cause it's like, why not? You know, everyone is a slave to society to try to get somewhere, you know, bare, to the bare minimum. And this guy's just like, no, I'm going to live above that. And I'm going to exceed expectations. You still root for him. I still rooted for him. Exactly. At no point do you view it like he's doing malicious. But but here, that's the funny thing. It's like he was so good at it. Like this free rebellion thing. Like he wasn't hurting him. He wasn't robbing people at gunpoint. He just did a fake check. You know, it wasn't. I mean, did it did it help that he was Leonardo DiCaprio and he's gorgeous? Yeah, of course it did. You know, I mean, if there were anyone else, did I freeze frame it and just maybe caress the screen a few times? Maybe, but that's not the point. And is this when you were watching it with your dad? <laughs> well, that's no, that's a great choice for a favorite film. So what's like one of the worst movies that you've seen? Okay, the one of the worst films that I remember seeing at the time, we walked out from the theater. It was me and my father, right? Like my, me and my, my father, and I, the Mr. Bean movie <laughs> that came out. That that came out in the nineties. What? That movie is hilarious, though. I thought. I remember at the time it was funny. I think that if I were were to watch it now, I would laugh because it's a more European, British type comedy. Yeah. Okay. So nineteen ninety seven. Uh, being the movie nineteen ninety seven. There it is. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah, because I love Rowan Atkinson. I think he's hilarious. He's done some great, great stuff. And this character, I mean, it was a TV show from like nineteen ninety to like nineteen ninety five. So it ran for a while. And he was, you know, this character is like beloved. And I remember, you know, you know, I'm, I don't I don't think I've ever seen the movie, but I remember seeing Mr. Bean's Holiday and thinking, you know, it was a simple, cute, family friendly movie, but having a good time. But what about what about that movie when you saw it back in what, 1997? So you were probably like seven years old. Why did you even at seven years old, like you don't need to walk out of a movie theater. You, you watch anything. What about it? That just wasn't doing it for you. I'm, I'm telling you. Even seven-year-old me, I was like, <laughs> he knew it was bad. It's funny that it makes me think. Okay, so a seven-year-old couldn't enjoy it. Your dad at the time couldn't enjoy it. Who do you think that movie was for? I mean, who do they make it for? I, I don't know. Like the, the crazy thing about it is, sometimes you've already committed and you have the budget and you already filmed the scenes and there's nothing else your editor can do. Like the editor for this movie must have been like having anxiety attacks, like. Boss, like, I can't, I can't. There's no dialogue. He has yeah, no, no dialogue. dialogue. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how to edit this. There's no story, okay? He just says sounds. He says sounds, and every time they offer something to him, he opens his eyes, and he goes, hmm. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. <laughs> okay, what's a guilty pleasure film? A movie that you can watch over and over again, and it never gets old. Guilty pleasure, without a doubt, Interstellar. Oh, I was just talking about that on one of my last episodes, that that movie is absolutely incredible. That's Nolan, right? Christopher Nolan, Matthew McConaughey. That film makes me feel some kind of way. Like the mm-hmm. soundtrack, Hans Zimmer, mm-hmm. the most realistic sci-fi of what potentially could be 
life uh, on another planet mm. or what the future holds but it's just so good i mean in every time it's funny like, a lot of people didn't accept that film because they couldn't really understand the concept of this sort of alternate universe where he's like kind of traveling yeah. through space and time to create i guess a theory of how what what can actually happen it was pretty incredible you know like him traveling through the black hole and then i love the idea that one minute on a different in a different universe is like seven years in our universe, you know what I mean? The relationship he has with his daughter in the film, you know, it's it's really emotional, like being a father. And I thought that the first time I saw the movie, then I actually recently saw an interview about Interstellar because I had watched it again, where Christopher Nolan really talks about it. Like, it's not a sci-fi film. It's a film about a father and daughter mm-hmm. with sci-fi as a background. And, and, and really it is... It is that when you... Well, that's that's a sign of a good story or a good writer. You know, it's like that A story, B story scenario. Your A story is the relationship between the, the father and his daughter and this connection that they want to continue to have. And even after years and years of him being away, she joins the space program and he, she's continuing. She's living in his footsteps because that's the connection she has with him. And then the B story is traveling through space because they want to save the species and so it's yeah it's inc- it's an incredible story and yeah it, like you said it never gets old all right i don't have you much longer let me let me keep moving on recommend some music that you've been listening to man spotify send me something it's called time capsule bro it is it is so scary it is like spotify was standing behind me when i when you and i were 13 were 13 14 years old like time capsule i click on it i think it must be tied to your apple id and it looks at your history of what you've listened to always first thing song was dun, 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 dun. oh well imagine the pacing the hues and yeah. i was like oh my god no way and then i was like no way next song Move along, move along, like I know you. Do. <laughs> like that's great. Yeah, it was giving you all the class. Like, like that, that, that's that's the middle school classics right there, dude. So, um, no, but a, a song that, okay, Company by Jackie Art and Cheddar Cheese. But it's very British UK, and there's a song called uh, Rover, and it is so good. Like it's. It just gets stuck in your head. It's yeah. even it's hard to understand what what like what what's the, like I don't know if you're saying the album or the artist or the song because you basically all I remember you said it was like Cheddar Rover <laughs> like you're just you're talking you're like, in code right now. <laughs> are you like you might you, be having a stroke? <laughs> so to tell me so, so what's the name of the group? So the song name okay the song name is called Company okay. And the artists featured on it are Jackie Art and Cheddar Cheese. Okay, cool, man. Uh, I'll give you guys three. Check out, okay, the, the song is called The Plug. Artist is Party Pupils and Max. Okay, cool. And then, then the last one, uh, the song is called Rover. And then the artist's name is Simba. I should, I, you know, I don't listen to a lot of house. I don't, like, I'm not really into, like, techno or, or uh, dubstep or anything like that but I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, but, but really, man, I listen to everything. Like, I'll have Billy Eilish, I'll have Drake, and then I'll have Deep House, and then I'll have... Because I will do choreography. I teach commercial hip-hop, and sometimes it's to a Drake song, and sometimes it's to a song that's, like, a house song, but there's a... On the vocal part, I'll do something that's a bit lyrical and stuff, so I'm, my music is changing. Well, that's good, man. Well, yeah, you have to have a lot of variety, for sure, you know, especially as a, as, as someone who who is, you know, in the arts... Okay, um, okay, really quick. Recommend one book to us. Out of Doubt, 12 Rules of Life by Jordan Peterson. By Jordan Peterson? Yes. 
I don't normally like to read uh, self-help books written by straight white men, but I'll give it a try because <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't know any they don't know anything. So twelve the twelve rules of life. Twelve rules of life. He's a clinical psychologist, a doctor, and uh, yeah, it's not it's not a self. I don't know how to, how to put this. It's not a self-help book. It's mm-hmm. really you know at some point he talks about lobsters and their nervous system, mm-hmm. right? And then that ties into. We're actually really closely related. Our our like nerve system is very very similar to a lobster's, and then it goes into these different rules and how in in life why it's important. And he talks about examples that he's had with uh, clients, and he's also speaks about how it's beneficial. But it's not like okay, step one, make sure you do this. Is it's it's more like by doing X, Y will come. Mm. It's informative. It's also kind of self-help, but you do with it as you want. It's like a book about discovery. You know what I mean? It, it, exactly. it, it basically opens this this uh, this area in your mind that you probably don't really poke around a lot. It sort of puts things in a different perspective, and I like that a lot. All right, these are the quick, like some of them are yes or no, some of them are one answers. So the first one I have is, what's your unrealistic dream job? Unrealistic dream job? Um, poop scuba diver. Poop scuba diver? If you haven't heard about this once you know that it's an actual job did you say poop like poop scuba diver scuba diver let me what is that i know this is a rapid fire round but you guys gotta hear this there is a job where in in the poop processing factories plants or whatever that wait 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 wait. what is a slow down what's a poop processing factory you're act you're t- you're saying these things like like what's going on over what's going on over there in switzerland? Because you're, you're telling me these things so nonchalant like yeah i want to be the poop scuba diver at the poop uh, facility <laughs> like what are you talking about i'm telling you i'm telling you it's it's 100 real so when you use the toilet this would be your un- remember it's an it's a dream job christian <laughs> like when, this is your dream job only unrealistic i thought it means like what would be the job you wouldn't want to have as your dream job right like that was it that's how i, understood <laughs> no, I mean the like i mean like unrealistic and it's a dream it's a job that you've always wanted to have but you it's impossible to have like like people say astronaut or professional basketball player oh okay okay i thought you i thought this was but like no 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 no, no 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 i want to hear all <laughs> about this poop, finish poop, poop scuba diver. yes that's it we're, we're you're not giving me your real one i want to hear a poop scuba diver. so what happens is uh there's the factory because what, ha- what happens is like they don't just it is, in some countries they just go straight to the ocean but in some mm-hmm. like they actually process it to try to filter it out and chop it up i know it sounds like weird but it's it's mm-hmm. true and, it's disgusting. It's and make then, me nauseous then there, i know but then there's like a huge pool it's not a pool it's like a mess it's like a lake but it's like an enclosed lake where there's a poop scuba diver that goes scuba in diver. is that the is that the actual name for him though is is that are you just I don't making think that's the actual name but i think i he, hope so i hope on his job his job application it says poop scuba diver man what what they wear they have to wear like the old kind of the old school type uh thing dude it's called a and poo diver it's literally called like it there's an article here it says meet a professional poo diver oh you oh my god a poo diver oh my god <laughs> A professional oh, poop scuba diver. Oh my god, that is, is insane, gonna... dude. So, misunderstanding your question, poop scuba diver. That's like the least 
desirable dream job. Oh my god! I wish I hadn't said anything, so people think your your actual dream job was a poop scuba diver. <laughs> yeah, just edit edit the podcast to go. So what's your dream yeah. job? <laughs> uh, poop scuba diver. Move on. And, but unrealistic, unrealistic uh, uh, dream job for sure would be an astrophysicist. Oh great! Really? That's you can see. That's a that's much better than a poop scuba diver. Yeah, much <laughs> Mine would be poop scuba diver, <laughs> astrophysicist. That's awesome. Uh, okay, cool. What's your ultimate dream breakfast? Oh my god! Oh, okay. A Latino breakfast. Like I'm talking. Oh, absolutely, check- bro. You know what I'm talking about. I want beans. Mm-hmm. I want the eggs. I want my plantains. Mm-hmm. I want the fresh fruit on the side. I want that. The tortillas, the freshly homemade tortillas, man, that's like... Their tortillas is good. That's a good addition. But the best thing I, I love about Hispanic breakfast is a traditional Cuban breakfast, which, which is the flattened Cuban bread with like a cafe con leche on the side. Oh, that's the, the best. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's good. I love that. A nice Hispanic, like traditional Latin breakfast for sure. Okay, this is a quick round of this or that. Are you ready? Okay. Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra? Uh, Frank Sinatra. Coen Brothers or Tarantino? Tarantino. Disney World or Universal Studios? Disney. Owen Wilson or Luke Wilson? Owen Wilson. <laughs> the Office or Parks and Rec? Parks and Recreation. Friends or How I Met Your Mother? How I Met Your Mother. Coffee or tea? Tea. Whiskey or beer? Beer. Super salad? Salad. By the way, these are all have different points, so if you get the right amount of points, you get a prize. I'm just kidding. This means nothing. <laughs> that was a good question. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Indica or Sativa? Oh, uh... Sativa. Oh, really? I just know I've heard Sativa, so I'm going with it. I want that prize, bro. <laughs> <laughs> old school or new school? Uh, old school. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Early riser or night owl? Night owl. Tacos or burritos? Tacos. Star Wars or Harry Potter? Star Wars. Sci-fi or spaghetti western? Sci-fi. Shortcut or scenic route? Scenic route. Camping or glamping? What's the second one? Glamping. Glamping. It's like it's like glamorous camping. Glamping. Oh yeah, yeah. I do that. Yeah, for sure. You're in the wilderness, but you have like an RV with like a shower and like a TV and Xbox, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Glamping. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Superhero or supervillain, or the person working at the coffee shop while the building comes down. Oh, uh, that's <laughs> superhero. <laughs> it's the easiest question since. Do you want to be a poop <laughs> no. diver? So. That's pretty much the show. But do you want to go ahead and promote yourself? Tell us where we can find you. Yeah, guys. If you uh, found me even somewhat interesting, you can uh, follow me on Instagram. It's at Uritsa Official. And actually, I just realized I didn't mention this at all, but my artist name is Uritsa because it's one of my names. So that's Y-U-R-I-Z-Z-A. Another reason I did it was because I didn't want people to find me from work. So I had this artist name. It was so your alter ego. When I was working before, I'm like, oh man, if they saw that I was doing this, they're not going to give me this job. <laughs> yeah, so that's my Instagram. That's where I'm going to be posting new music and a bunch of dance videos and anything going on. That's pretty much my source. I'll, I'll make sure to put your Instagram in the episode notes so we can check out your, uh, your art. Thanks so much, man. And um, last question. What's your favorite noise? Uh, this noise. <laughs> Like a pigeon, a bird. Well, the thing is, every time, every time, like, like when my fiance like like scratches my head or like she touches me, I'll go. Like, <laughs> that's like such a personal thing, but now you guys know that's that's also my favorite noise. <laughs> that's so weird. Does she like that? I don't know, man. I actually don't know. <laughs> 
Like she doesn't laugh or anything. <laughs> <She's just> like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this, dude. I, I can't thank you enough. Anyways, this is my sign off. I like to start a sentence and then have the guest finish it. You ready? Let's go. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to another episode of Conversations from a Room. Have a nice night and... Don't take things too seriously. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and have a fantastic day. You look like the human version of a Swiss army watch. You look like the before and after for a razor that doesn't work. You look like what people thought the razor scooters were when they first came out. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's amazing. That's really- <laughs>